Hello guys, welcome back to the Football Draft Podcast. Today you're with myself and Ross on today. Um, there's certainly a lot of talking points to be made this week. Some exits in the Europe competitions and maybe touch on some of Ross's opinions on some United situations as well. What were your opinions on Glazers? So let's get straight into it, Ross. Oh, well, back again. It's been a couple of weeks, but... I'm back again. Um, it, it's typical that I am not on the podcast whenever the, the chaos ensues at Old Trafford. Um, the game versus Liverpool that uh, was meant to happen and got postponed because of fan protests, rightly so. Um, you know, the, the issue with the Glazers has been one that's um, been brewing now for years. The, the lack of communication from our owners, um, the amount of money that they've taken out of the club, it's just boiled over, it's reached a boiling point. And rightly so, fans are protesting about it. Now, I mean, the, the, the violent acts um, that have happened because of the protests, obviously no one is going to condone, no one's going to say that that's right. But generally, most fans have protested in a peaceful way and has led to, I, I think will lead to, some meaningful change you know in the short term anyway um i hope that you know i i hope that the glazers try to buy back our affection with a big money um summer window you know because we need it um but 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 even so if that happens that's not gonna buy my affection back so it's firmly glazers out it has been for years um basically as long as i've been a united fan so yeah that's that's really the opinion on it but um, it, it's just really surprising to see such um, protests happening and um, it's great to see in a way because we're actually, lots of fans now are coming to, the, to this realisation that's been masked for years um, and I don't know, I, I just think that the Glazers are getting revealed for the types of owners that they are. They're, that's what they are and I'm sure the Cronkies are the same and I'm sure you could speak about that and I want to hear more about what you think about the um, the guy from Spotify who's looking to buy the club but, um, you know, I, I just think that um, tensions have come to a boiling point and rightly so um, and these businessmen are getting exposed for their lack of football knowledge and for their unwillingness to actually invest in the right areas in this club um, and, and whenever money is spent, it's spent in the wrong ways, led by Ed Woodward, who has left, thank God. Were you shocked and overwhelmed in a good way by the protests at Old Trafford on the pitch that led to the postponement? Like, were you happy that that happened or were you like, no, nah, I just want to see the game. They should have taken the protests elsewhere. Or do you think that caused enough attention to do so? I mean, I think it's one of those things that had to happen. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I was a bit disappointed. I was looking forward to the game. Um, do you know what I mean? But at the same time, I know that it needed to happen. And I know that that message that the fans are in control and should be in control, you know, that, that idea of we decide when you play, that, that, you know, that, that, that's um, very much true. It's like the powerful images of like Luke Shaw and the United squad looking uh, down on the Old, Tra- uh, Old Trafford pitch. From it's it's just it, I mean, it, it's sad to see the you know you obviously want to see a football game happen, but at the same time, if it leads to change and meaningful change now in years to come, I think one football game is not really going to matter in the grand scheme of things. It's about what that uh that date represented and those actions that the fans took. Now you know um it's obviously led now to a very congested fixture schedule for us. 
unheard of. I don't know what the Premier League are doing there. Um, have you ever heard of a team that plays on a Tuesday night and then plays again on Thursday? And, you know, oh man, I just, I, I don't know. Um, so for me, really, it's something that needed to happen, but it's something that should have happened years ago. Um, and it, it's very much, uh, it, it shows that we, the fans, are in control. And the 50 plus one model, which I'm sure we'll get into, is something that all Premier League clubs should be ad- uh, adopting. Um, so, uh, I mean, I mean, it just shows that the fans are in control and I'm, I'm, I'm behind them. I've asked you this before, but I want to know if your opinions have changed. Would you choose between winning the Champions League or Glazers out? <laughs> Mate, you, you said this in the group. Um, my opinions never changed. Glazers out. Because, and I'll tell you why. Um, you know, for for a club like Arsenal, I'm sure if I asked you, would you rather win the Champions League <laughs> or Cronkies out? You would take Champions League because I know you, James. But Man United are a bigger and better club. Won Champions League. We won a Champions League in 2008 and the Glazers were, were in charge. Do you know what I mean? Like, just because we won a Champions League doesn't mean that we're actually going to be a, a healthy and sustained football team for years to come. You know, um, you look at our, uh, Leicester there. You know, Leicester won the Premier League, you know, under Claudio Ranieri. Things can happen in a year. And then things can almost return to normality. It could be seen as maybe an ab- abnormality. So, but but that doesn't mean that this club is going to be successful for years to come. It's not about one trophy. It's about the potential to go on and win more and have that healthy and sustained future. And we don't, and we will not get that under gla- Glazer ownership. That, that's the problem. So I would rather Glazer's out and we take a blow with that. You know, I... Personally, for me, you know, it's it's that um, the wrong people are in charge, and that's leading to a toxic culture at the club, where um, it's money isn't being money isn't actually being invested; it's been put in their pockets. But when it actually is, it's not being spent in the right areas. So we have cleared one position with hope that someone like Richard Arnold doesn't take over. You know, we, uh, Ed Woodward's gone, so hopefully that'll that position will be filled by someone who actually has decent football knowledge. So that's one area, but you can't, um, that, that change needs to come from the top. That needs to come from the ownership because eventually if the Glazers are still in charge, they'll just get someone like Richard Arnold or another uh, person at JP Morgan or whatever, um, you know, banker they want to get in and fill that position. And it's just going to, it's just going to be another Ed Woodward. So you know that that doesn't help anything this change needs to come from the top and i feel that these protests could be the start of their removal you know you've heard yourself and uh you know that um the the thing that hits the glazers hard the most is the likes of their um their shareholders and you know the sponsors of the club and the money that's been put into their pockets if fans can you know like for example boycott the superstore and boycott payments to Man United and uh, you know and, and extract that funding then it'll be more likely that they will sell up shop and go elsewhere so that's what I think is our next step if we really want to see effective change at this club how likely it is to happen I'm not sure but I feel that these protests are the start that this change could actually happen well what if the Glazers do hire the right technical director because would you not agree that the issue with the 
club wasn't necessarily that they didn't get enough funds for players, but more so how they spent it. So now that you've gotten rid of Ed Woodward, essentially the the main issue is gone. But as lo- not as re- not as really because next, as long as they get the next appointment, right? Not really because you know obviously a lot of that money was spent under Sir Alex Ferguson because we were so successful. But you look at managers there like Louis Van Gaal. Louis Van Gaal didn't get the players he wanted. Mourinho didn't really get the players he wanted. And to be that's, honest, that's Ed Woodward's job, not yeah, yeah, but yeah, but at the same time, that money coming from the Glazers. I was sort of saying this in, in discussions with my brother here, you know, Glazers aren't just uh, signing an open checkbook blindly, allowing Edward to do all that he wants about a player. It's up to them as well to know where their money is going. So I, I, I get that in this instance of where the money's going, it is the majority uh, Edward's fault because that's his job. But at the same time, and I think, you know, you need to question Man United's recruitment. But, you know, I, I think it, it has a lot to do as well with how the Glazers are spending. And you're forgetting that as much as the Glazers, you know, seemingly spend a lot on players, we are like the high in the Premier League, we pay our owners the most in dividends. So they get that money back in some way, the way other owners don't. So that's the disparity for me. I get what you're saying about the fact that they're, you know, um you know, seemingly we spend a lot of money on players, but they're not spending the right areas and you can't say that oh, that's not the Glazers' fault. It partly is. So for me, that's why they are to blame as well. Woodward's just a different story. I, I've forgotten all about the fella, to be honest, because I just want to blank him from memory because, you know, he, he hasn't... Um, on, the, on the other side of the coin, and I know we'll get the Arsenal uh, in a minute, but one thing that I think Woodward is to be praised for is the the advertisement side of United and the um, the global image of Manchester United as a as a, as a in the look and feel of Manchester United that that is partly you you can say that that you can praise them for that um and, and clubs like Barcelona have been envious of our global outreach so that is one part that they have done well but that's not the football inside do you know what I mean we aren't seeing the advantages of that on the pitch really do you know what I mean? We, it's been a steady decline. So as much as you can praise them for that, it's not influencing the way that we're playing football. And that's what matters. Do you know what I mean? That, that, at the end of the day, that's what matters most. So for me, that's why it's great that Woodward's out, but I think this change now needs to come from the top and I just hope it can be done. Speaking of a steady decline, Ross, um, this is our, well, next season will be Arsenal's first season in 25 years uh, of not being in Europe. <laughs> no Europe. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, Until I, I you see know. us uh, play Bohemians in the conference, <laughs> no <laughs> offense to any Bohemian fans. I can't wait. Do you know what? I'll, I'll the Bohemians. I could give you a good game, um, but no. So I, I want to hear what you you kind of think of Arsenal. Um, and we discussed before, and I really wanted to ask you this question: What's gone wrong at Arsenal? And you, take take me back. You know how long has this been happening? And you know, and what do you think? When Arteta started, it looked very promising because I can't remember. If you remember, he won the FA Cup towards the end of the towards the end of last season, and then he obviously won the Community Shield against Liverpool this season. And we were like, "Wow, this is this is great." Arteta is like just coming to the job, and we've got two pieces of silverware already. And then we were, you know, the performances were okay, and then 
as they started to drop, we heard things from like Pep Guardiola saying, oh, you know, the fans should keep backing Arteta. We're like, you know what, okay, Guardiola's a good manager, we can listen to him. Then Bielsa came in and said, you know, Arteta's been really unlucky and he's like one of the best managers he's faced tactically. I'm like, wow, that's a great compliment. And then like Pochettino would come out and do an interview and be like, yeah, Arteta's going to be one of the best managers in the world. I think those like media sparks gave Arteta time with the fans, so to speak. But it gets to a point, Ross, where you're like two thirds into the season and the fans start looking at the league table and it's like, Hold on a second. We're ninth. We're we're twelfth. We're we're tenth, and we're barely we're barely getting through the stages in the Europa League. So you start, and then you start to think, it's like, is Arteta even that good? Like we we criticize Emery so harshly, but Emery might be the better yeah, manager. I mean, I mean, Emery's just beaten you in the Europa League exactly. through the Europa League final. So how ironic. I mean, <laughs> it's just um, a typical Arsenal thing, isn't it? Um, you know, but but see at the same time, and I mean, I know I've been isolated Arsenal in the past, but you have actually got good some good quality in there. It's it you know it it's not all great. It's mostly bad for me, really. But you have got sparks there of something that could be good. But I just don't think the team's being utilized properly. I just think you need a change in management, and you need. I, I, you see that this is maybe where you know better than me but you know is it something where do you think you need a better influx of players do you need some out some in typical to what maybe Jurgen Klopp did in 2015 complete revamp of the team what's needed here to make Arsenal succeed next year domestically I think it's a bit of both like you said I do think we have really good quality players in the squad and we do need a slight overhaul in some areas but Arteta doesn't know his best defence, midfield or attack, really. The guy changes formation more than a girl changes her hair colour. It's not feasible. <laughs> <laughs> like, how can yeah. you be a season and a half in and you don't know what your best 11 is? Like, it's so, just... But, but no let me take you back there to what Bielsa said. And I'm, again, I'm not saying Bielsa is the be-all and end-all, but you just said yourself that, uh, you know, Bielsa said that um, Arteta is one of the best tactical managers he's ever faced, you know. So, if if he if he's seeing that, you know, are are you not seeing something or you, what what what's going on? A lot of Arsenal's losses or times we drop points are like red cards or individual errors, you know. And you can argue that that's you know how how is the manager supposed to like cut that out. But if it keeps happening consistently, you've, you've got to look at someone. You know, something's clearly going on behind the scenes. Well, either you drop him or, as a manager, you, you don't select him in your first 11. And I look at, if I were to pick players out, you know, you, you look at your um, Bellerins, who have been, in my opinion, very poor this season. Why not play Cedric at right back? He's not been getting a game in. And... Uh, I really want to believe in Arteta, that's the thing. <laughs> but then you, I look at like Chelsea and what Chelsea have done. They sacked their club legend. They brought in Thomas Tuchel. And now they're third in the league and they're in a Champions League final. Yeah, maybe it's a type of thing where you need a you know, an Allegri or um, some some manager that, that'll, that'll take you to, um, to, to the heights that I think you are capable of. 
you know, um, as much as I go on about Arsenal or a Tim Pot club, and well, they are, but um, <laughs> you know, I, I think he's are capable of better, but I think he's need better management. Um, and can I can I just say something here? Like, how many managers, you know, how many managers come in? As a, an interim manager, I'm not sure. Did, did 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 Arteta come in as an interim manager or was he hired? Um, he was hired. He was hired. Well, anyway, um, but you look at club legends that have come in to manage teams. Frank Lampard, Arteta. Who who's been the best? Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. You need to. Ole hasn't think, won silverware yet. Oh, well, he's about to. May twenty sixth, he will. So we'll, uh, we'll I, get I just, there. We'll get there when it happens. Lads, this is a football draft guarantee. Right. Okay. I'm telling you. Money now. back. Money back. <laughs> uh, you know what? Um, United will win this Europa League. We will go on to the Champions League next year, and we'll win that too. No, I'm joking. But <laughs> no. Well, I, listen. I'm pretty sure we'll win the Europa League this year. Um, I, I just don't think that this argument about Ollie not winning any silverware is is inept, really, because it's Ollie has built this team really and. With the help of a few players, Bruno Fernandes, to name a few, we're creating a new culture at the club that is but let's very. But like it was all smooth the whole time. There well, were, of course, there I'm were, not. There, like there, were so multi- there were multiple points where Ole could have been sacked. I I've never witnessed a manager being so it. close to the sack as as Ole Gunnar Solskjaer Excellent. and keep his job. You know, um, I remember the Burnley game, and I can't remember the score. Now. Was it two one? Um, the loss against Burnley in January 2020, I was all out. I went on the radio with Gaz Drinkwater um, and he asked me, you know, what's your next step? I said, get Ollie out and bring Potch in. I, I, I hold my hands up and, uh, you know, I've been critical of the guy. But what I think is important is that he's proved a lot of us wrong and that he's shown that, you know, with the help of these few players, if if the owners and back to me owners argument, I'm not going to get back into the Glazers. But if he was backed and he was given the right players, he can manage them and go on and be successful. So, and th- that's what I think we're going to do. So, I, I I honestly think it was the Bruno Fernandez effect more than an Ole effect, if anything. Ah, no, that I think that's naive. Um, I think it's very naive to say just because Bruno came in that suddenly things changed and you know Ollie doesn't deserve credit. Ollie deserves one hundred percent of the credit. You know he, he brings in that player. Ollie wanted Bruno, uh, in the summer, um, uh, but it just so happens that we got him in January. Like we we could have been earlier on it. We could have got him at the start of that season instead of halfway through. So you know you can't say that this isn't Ollie. You know, this is Ollie's. Um, this is the Ollie effect. Just so happens that Bruno has helped that, but this is a hundred percent Ollie. A bit off you know, topic, and I know Bruno came in in the January, right? Mm-hmm. But if we if we assumed he came in um, this season, two of the best signings, in my opinion, are Portuguese, and that's Bruno Fernandez and Ruben Diaz. Oh, mate, don't get me started on Ruben Diaz. He's just ridiculous. Um, but did you see him in on... the Champions League? Against, oh, mental. Um, My... PSG. Oh, he's just mental. Do you know what? Um, and we'll get on to Champions League now. But I, I, I was listening to Rio Ferdinand's podcast. Um, and he he, he eyed up uh Marquinhos as a centre back target for Man United. Uh, I don't know if you know much about the guy. He's twenty six, captain. He's good. He's captain good. of PSG, and. I, 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 he's one of those players that I've kind of overlooked and I'm like 
how did I not see this guy? Or, you know, I, I didn't even notice him in the game, to be honest. Um, perhaps that's because City's attack was so good. But, you know, um, he, he could be an ideal target for us. Do you know what I mean? Heading into this transfer window. Um, I know I've, I've always, and I've said in the podcast, I'm a big Jules Koundé fan. So, um, and he would be ideal as well. But maybe Marquinhos is the guy we need to go for. Um, but it's just, it's just that, that quite, it begs that question, really. Are we going to pay head over heel for him and then he doesn't work out the Harry Maguire effect um, you know but he's one of those players that I think could fit into any club because of his leadership qualities and his mentality I think in that night when Man City played PSG he was one of the players in that PSG squad that I thought can, ho- can hold his head up high at the end of the yeah. oh yeah well, I, I get that yeah but um, no, and he's a great player but at the same time um, you have to look at the partnership that that creates then if we were to buy Marquinhos like do you play Marquinhos and Maguire if so that I can just work think, you know because Marquinhos know, is like that agile quicker yeah but I, I just think they're two leaders right? well supposed leaders uh, even though I don't think Maguire should be our captain but Im- imagine the captain of PSG coming to Man United to be uh, to, for the captain to be a centre back partner, Harry Maguire, like it, I don't know that that just doesn't fit for me. Um, so I I imagine someone who maybe is a bit more agile, the likes of a Kunde or you know a Kanate now who's going to Liverpool. So um, I don't know. I I think that's definitely one that that's up for debate. But um, yeah, I I just think a centre back's our priority. Really, a centre back and a CDM. Uh, you know, but if we get those. Then I don't see why we can't be title contenders. I I really don't. Um, especially with Cavani signing a new deal. Uh, you know the, the prospect CDM. of Pogba signing a new deal. I I, I know that CD, C, you think CDM is priority for us. I do. And and who who uh, and I know as an Arsenal fan, but who who would you see as the ideal fit for the role? Who <laughs> who is out there? <laughs> I, um, I think uh, it's a it's a declining um like position, so to speak. I, I you, get more deep, you get more deep lying playmakers than you do like you probably do. Games. Yeah, but I mean, a Declan Rice, a Declan Rice Declan solves our problems. Yeah, you look at a, a Camavinga. I know Camavinga can uh, play. He's off, the, he's off to the carpet. Um, this summer, no. He's what? Off to the Emirates. I saw that there was a picture or something that said like Arsenal FC and his uh th- no nah. see that's like sure you could say the same thing about Mbappe Mbappe said in an interview that he always plays as Liverpool and FIFA and people were like oh Mbappe to Liverpool no nah, that's just no nah, that's broad so uh, a Camavinga could be very good but at the same time I I don't I think we need an out and out CDM I think we yeah. need someone who's purely a CDM do you know what I mean. But exactly, who's out there? <laughs> it, 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 Apart from it's like a, a tough Declan one. Rice. It's, I think, it's but, but I mean, the English effect. The English effect's going to add about thirty million on to his price tag. So, I don't know, man. Um, but anyway, we indeed you know, and indeed even an indeed you know that 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 I, I wouldn't mind that. Um, but you know, moving on from Man United and their troubles. What about the Champions League final? Uh, so we'll get to the two European uh, competition finals. Man City versus Chelsea. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a good game. Come on, Chelsea. Yeah. Come on, Chelsea. Come on, you blues. <laughs> um, so uh, who do you think? Uh, what's your score prediction and who do you think is going to win? Well, 
Chelsea have done Man City over the past two games, haven't they? Oh. I, 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 yeah, but um, I don't know. That Panenka, man. Oh, gee, I we didn't even talk about that. I can't get it in my head that Timo Werner is going to lift the Champions League after getting so much slack this season. It just but do you, blows my do you mind. what? Timo Werner, is he not like their top goal scorer? Uh, sure. One of them, anyway. Um, you know, and he's he's uh, registered double figures and both goals and assists. He's the first player to do that in his debut season since Eden Hazard. He's so. Got- He's got oh. double figures for goals and assists. Yeah. No way. I don't know. Maybe it's all comps. No, it might not be just Premier League, but all comps. Uh, I think it's last time I checked now, it was 13 goals and 10 assists. So, That's actually not bad. It's just you, that he missed some like, glaring sitters. But <laughs> if he scored all those, he'd have like 25. He'd be like up for the golden bit. <laughs> that's you know that that's the the real pity. But uh, people underestimate how well he's done. So um, for his first debut season. So, um, but yeah. So getting back to Chelsea and City. Uh, w- I want to hear a score prediction here, James. Uh, score prediction and who's going to win? I think City are going to win three. No, three one. Oh, that's a tough one. See, part of me thinks the narrative is just going to go to City because Chelsea have beat them so many times and it's going to be like oh the ultimate comeback story Man City winning the final um, I don't know part of me thinks Chelsea to win though oh I, same as that I, yeah I mean I, I don't for want you City it's quite, for you it's quite obvious but for me you might be thinking like why do I want Chelsea to win I just don't want a, a team that hasn't won the Champions League to, to win the Champions League I'm kind of the same as well I, I, I want Guardiola to leave City never having won the Champions League I remember Watching the semi, was it the semi final City versus Leon, and Raheem St- Raheem the Dream Raheem Sterling, uh, missed a sitter like two yards out uh, out of the out of the goal, and then like two minutes later Leon went up and scored and knocked them out. Yeah. Um. Or maybe it was the quarter final. Actually, it wouldn't be the semi. Um. But uh. Yeah. So, oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a two. No, I'm gonna go bold here. It's going to be 2-2 two, two, through 90 minutes. And then extra time. And it's going to go to extra time. And it's going to go to 120 minutes with two minutes added time. And Chelsea are going to score 3-2. And it's going to be Timo Werner. <laughs> Timo Werner is going to win Chelsea the Champions League. I can just feel it. It's going to be one of those ones like that he would normally miss on a Tuesday night against Burnley. But he's going to score... Uh, and here th- another um, thing about uh, we've so much to discuss um, Where uh, do you know any updates about the uh, location for the Champions League final Wembley is, is what I've heard Wembley I heard Aston Villa were like ah, you can use ours <laughs> I'm like okay <laughs> imagine that oh just the magic of the Champions League final here at Villa Park um, oh god, I couldn't imagine. But the thing is, it wouldn't even it wouldn't look that bad because it's like two English teams playing in England. But if it was True. like a PSG like Barca final, <laughs> imagine Aston Villa's home ground. Oh, that'd be mental. I love that. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, and then three days before it, the Europa League, um, Europa League final in Gdansk. So, uh, what's your score prediction? Uh, who's going to win? Uh, Give me an honest it's, answer it's, it's here. Really, I don't, it's, it's really hard I don't want to imagine here. the Europa League final without Arsenal in it. It just, it just. That's not really me. for me. I just, you know, I associate. <laughs> I don't really know. So, uh, well, give give us a score prediction. I think Villarreal will will surprise 
Aye, right, aye. No, no, I, I, I think Unai, that'll be like Unai Emery's like, final goodbye to Arsenal fans. It's like, this is my last favour <laughs> for you. Um, oh, but did, did, did you see that they lost to like Celta Vigo? Like 5-2 or something? Vill- Villarreal? Yeah. I didn't do that. Oh like my after God. The, after playing Arsenal, they played Celta Vigo and they lost like five two. <laughs> I, I I would make fun of you here, but it's the type of thing I'd sit in and jeer Arsenal fans about it, and then we lose. So I'm just gonna. Oh, was it? Is was it shush. not a money back guarantee? Uh, a few minutes ago. Uh yeah, no, it is. No, we're no. Listen, get, I'm still waiting the score prediction here. Score prediction. Who's gonna win? Tell me. It's gonna be two two. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Extra time. Bruno Penn, is it? <laughs> Few subs. Alright. And then it's going to go to penalties. Oh! And who's going to win in penalties? Villarreal are going to win. Alright, yeah. right, you, right. You heard it here first. Oh, okay. Bold. Very bold. Okay. Um, I'm going to go 4 1 <laughs> to United. Um, I think we're just going to smash them. Um, I think Villarreal are going to score first as teams seem to always do we'll score one before half time be 1-1 at the break and then Eddie Cavani is going to come on at the second half to replace Rashford so it's going to be like a Pogba Cavani Greenwood front three with Bruno backing them up and a McFred and then uh, uh, penalty and then Bruno's going to hit it 2-1. And then two more goals, 4-1. I feel like Maguire's going to get one. I don't know why. I feel like Maguire's going to get one and then like... That would be on rate. Mate, is he going to make like... it? Is he going to make it? I don't know if he's going to make it, you know. Um, like There's people saying that he's got like a like a bruised ankle. But I, I don't know. I think it could be more serious than that. I think Ole would be the type of guy to take a chance on Maguire to start, though. And his eyes is like club captain. I can know, but I I don't know. I just uh, I I don't know. I I don't see. Um, I hope he I hope he's there. I, I really do. But we'll just have to wait and see and see if he's fit. But um, but no, I'm looking forward. It's going to be a good game. Um, it's a Wednesday night, isn't it? That's something I always I am a bit baffled by. Just a, a casual Wednesday night final. Um, but there you go. Um, it's going to be a good one, um, and I'm sure we'll be tweeting about it uh, on the football draft Twitter. Absolutely. So and, uh, um, if Villarreal, if my prediction does come true, I'll be giving you it in the group chat. Don't worry. <laughs> all right. Oh, but do you know what? Uh, I won't have to worry about that because there'll be there'll be nothing. About it. It'll be the first goal, and then to Villarreal or something. And I I just know you, James, are just going to type. Yes, Villarreal up, Emery, you know, former Arsenal man. Let's go. No, and uh, and then we'll score four more, and you'll just be silent for the whole night, and uh, knowing that that could have been Arsenal, that could have been you. Um, but yeah, so we'll be t- live tweeting. I'm sure uh, on the night uh, of the final. I'm sure we'll do a podcast close to the time. We might even do maybe a special or something. Um, given that me and Ben are are United fans, so we may do like a special event. Um, on the night uh, to preview the uh, Europa League final. But speaking of Twitter, uh, I hope you all guys enjoy the podcast. 
Um, and you can go follow us on social media on our Twitter, TFD2021, on our YouTube, The Football Draft, and on Spotify, The Football Draft, to ca- capture all our episodes as they go live. Yeah, sounds great. And as things go through plan, hopefully we can be back next week uh, with Ross and Ben as well on the show. And I believe we can go over some summer transfer targets and some players that we think can improve our squads. Yeah, apart from that, um, it's been a good show. So hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day and see you later. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care.